0: We welcome all those watching online, wherever you're watching from around the world. So glad you're tuning in today. We hope that you feel right at home. We'd love to have you as our guest. If you're ever in our area, please stop in, say hi to us. We'll send you home with some free gifts. We'd love to meet you. So glad to have you today. Today we're gonna continue in the series we started last week called The Essentials. The Essentials of Christ. How many are ready to grow? Do you wanna grow? How many say, I wanna grow onto maturity? what the Bible calls maturing Christian. Is there anybody here who wants to be a maturing Christian? How many want to be an immature Christian? Okay, let's make it sure. Because either you want to be one or the other. Either you want to be an immature Christian or you want to be a mature Christian. And my prayer is that all of us have the spirit of I want to continue to grow. I need to grow. You need to grow. All of us need to continue to grow. And the Bible says there's some things we have to do Before we can move on to maturity. Let's go back to our opening text. We read it last week. Hebrews 6 verses 1 and 2. Therefore leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ. Let us go now to maturity. Not laying again the foundation. So there's a foundation that must be laid. Of repentance from dead works. And faith toward God. We did that last week. Of doctrines of baptism. We're going to start that this week and laying on of hands and the resurrection of the dead and the eternal judgment. So we see here where scripture says you can go to maturity, but you can't go there until you build a foundation. And the reason why many people never move beyond is they never build a strong foundation. They never have built their foundation strong enough to uphold a mature relationship with Christ. God, I want you to use me. And we'll go out and we'll buy a book by somebody God's using. And we think if I read his book, then they're going to put me right into God using, maturing me. And no, it doesn't work that way. What happens is we cannot skip the foundation things of Christ. These things must happen in the heart and the spirit and the life of every believer. If you want to move on to maturity, these things are required of us of God. It's just not, you know, we have too many people like, I wanna be grown now. And so they try to mature really fast. They try to jump out there and say, I'm mature, I'm doing this. And they have skipped what the Bible says, the foundations laying things of Christ. And so we're studying these because we believe they are the heart of maturity. They are the heart of what God wants to do. How many know God will never overbuild on a foundation? He won't do it. He's not gonna build stronger than what your foundation can hold. He's, why isn't God doing more in my life? Could it be that your foundation is not strong enough for God to add any more weight to your life? Could it be the reason why God hasn't done more is you haven't taken time to build a strong foundation? And some of you, maybe you built a strong foundation at one time in your life, but maybe you've allowed other things to come in and and allow cracks to happen in your foundation. And and sometimes it's good to go back and revisit the essentials and make sure, is my foundation strong? How's my foundation doing? I got to have a, sometimes home inspectors come and check your foundation before you purchase a home because over time foundations settle, they crack. And so it's good to do a reinspection. So I hope during this, this series that you begin to lay a strong foundation of what the Bible says are really the elementary teachings of Christ. These are the things that every one of us should be experiencing in our life. Not just a chosen few, but every believer should be able to do. It. So are you ready to grow today? Let me hear you. If you're ready to go, give me an amen. Today, we're going to talk about something that I think is going to be really good to your heart. Maybe some of you never heard it before. We're going to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, baptism of the Holy Spirit. And right away, some of you are like, "Woo! I didn't know you were going to talk about that, Pastor. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. Let me say this to you. There's nothing in the Word of God that we must fear. There's nothing in God's Word that we have to fear, and sometimes people will... Leave out things in the Bible because they don't know how to explain it or they're they're fearful of how they're going to come across. And so they just skip right past that. And we have a lot of people skipping past the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They'll teach on the baptism of water. They'll teach on the baptism of salvation, but they won't take any time to explain what the Bible calls the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And if it's an elementary teaching that every believer should have, how many think it should be a good idea that all of us as believers have a good working knowledge of what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is according to Scripture, right? It's not a mystical thing. It's not something that's got to be way out. No, it's right here, practical. Matter of fact, if you're a Christian, you're walking with the Spirit already now. We're just gonna talk about what the Bible says happens after that, what happens after that. So are you ready to take notes today? Are you ready to grow? All right, let's go, let's go for it. Let's jump right in. Number one, write this down. I wanna give you some things today and I want you to have this and we're gonna talk about it. Acts 1, 4 and 8, let's go right to our, our text. And being assembled together with them, Jesus, this is who he's taught, Jesus commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise, that's the Holy Spirit, of the father which he said you have heard from me for truly John baptized you in water but you shall be baptized you shall be baptized you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now therefore when you had come together they asked him saying, Lord at what time are you gonna restore this kingdom of Israel and he said listen he said to them listen listen It's not for you to know the times and the seasons which the Father has put into His own authority. But this is what's important. He said, This is what is important. You shall receive the power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be the witnesses. You shall be witnesses. You shall be what? Witnesses to me in Jerusalem all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. We have too many people trying to be a witness for God without receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit first. We want to go out there, why am I not being effective in my witness? Why is my, my witness not effective? Why am I not reaching people for Jesus the way I really have a heart to do? Could it just be we haven't first laid the foundation of the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Without the baptism, we can't be the witness God wants us to be he said receive the baptism then be my witness don't get it out of order don't go out and try to read a write a book to reach the world about Jesus without the baptism of the Holy Spirit don't go out and try to be this or that without the baptism you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit it's for the life of every believer so let me give you some some important truths today I want you to write these down along with these texts I'm gonna teach you about the Holy Spirit as much as I can, the time we have this morning. Number one, right there, the Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is a God. Look what Genesis 1 and 2, right back in before creation, the earth was without form and void, the darkness was on the face of the deep, and the what? The Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So way back in the beginning, we see where the Spirit of God, which is the Holy Spirit, Was already present before the world was ever formed the presence of God the Spirit of the Holy Spirit was already there already happening it wasn't just something new that was given out but it's always been the presence of the Holy Spirit of God has always been he is what we call a part of the triune Godhead God the Father God the Son and God the Holy Spirit and the reason why we know this to be true As we see in in Matthew 3, we see the story where Jesus is being baptized by John the Baptist. So Jesus is the Son of God. We know that. And so the Son of God is there in physical body. He's baptized. The heavens open. And then it says the Holy Spirit comes down and ascends like a dove on Jesus. So Jesus, the physical man, is there. The Holy Spirit comes down, descends. And then it says that... God's voice spoke audibly to everyone around and says, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. So we have one place where all three, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, all three being manifested at one time. Are they three separate gods? No, they're one God, but manifested in three different, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And so when you recognize that, you recognize that, wow, this is important. Just like I I worship Jesus, just like I pray to Jesus, just like I submit to Jesus, just like I thank the Lord God for sending his son Jesus and I submit my life to him. I also should treat with the same respect the Holy Spirit because it's a part of the triune God. And if it's a part of the triune God, why am I walking around with just two thirds of God in my life? Why am I walking around just praying to the Father and to the Son and not talking to the Holy Spirit, not allowing the Holy Spirit to lead and guide my life? I want it all. Turn to your neighbor and say, I want it all. I want the Holy Spirit. Number two, we are born of the Spirit at salvation. That at salvation, the Holy Spirit is deposited into my life at salvation. We know this to be true. Look at John 3, 5 and 8. And Jesus said, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit. And we know he's talking about water. He's not talking about water baptism. He's actually talking about water in the womb. So he's talking about being born naturally. And we know that because of the next statement. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sounds of it. But you cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So everyone who was born of the spirit. So there is a baptism of the spirit. We must be born of the spirit. We're born of the spirit. When what happens at salvation, the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit is planted in my life. I've had some people say, all Christians have the Holy Spirit. And that's very true. All Christians have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. But... Not all Christians have received what the Bible calls a baptism of the Holy Spirit. Two different things, two separate things. Number three, write that down. Being baptized in the Holy Spirit is a separate experience to salvation. And how do we know that? Pastor, if you get the Holy Spirit when you're saved, why is it a different experience? Well, we know this because we see several times in scripture see several times in Scripture where where things happened, where people were saved, and then they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit as a baptism later on. Let me just give you this. This is really what happens. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is about yielding to the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is about how much are you yielding to the Holy Spirit. I, I was raised with people who said, I want more of the Holy Spirit. I want more of the Holy Spirit. And the older I get... There's nothing wrong with wanting more of the Holy Spirit. But I think our question should be this. It's not how much of the Holy Spirit do I have. It's how much does the Holy Spirit have of me? That's the real question. That's the real question. How much have I given my life to the Holy Spirit? How much am I yielding to the Holy Spirit? How much have I submitted to the Holy Spirit? It's not about getting something. I've already got it. i just got to yield to it and let it overflow in my life. That's the gift of the Holy Spirit in my life. Look at this in Acts 8, 12 and 17. We'll see the same story repeated time and time again throughout the New Testament. But now the people believed and filled this message of the good news concerning the kingdom of God. We just finished that series, didn't we, on the good news. They heard about the good news, and now they're receiving it. And now in the name of Jesus Christ, as a result, many of them, of the men and women, were baptized. Talking about water baptism. And then Simon himself believed and was baptized. And he began to follow Philip wherever he went. And he was amazed by the signs and great miracles that Philip performed. And when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the people of Samaria had accepted God's message, they sent Peter and John there. And as soon as they arrived, they prayed for these new believers to receive what? The Holy Spirit. So they had already been water baptized, they had already received God's salvation. Now, a separate instance, they are actually laying on of hands, saying, Receive the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them, for they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then Peter and John laid hands on, upon all these believers, and they received the Holy Spirit. It's a, you'll find this pattern all throughout the New Testament we could read story after story after story with well, this same pattern followed the New Testament church they would be saved they'd be saved and then later on someone would come and tell them about the Holy Spirit and they'd be baptized in the Holy Spirit they say yeah you were saved but did you receive what God did on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was poured out and they would talk about it they lay hands on it and it's a, it's a sign of impartation and they received the Holy Spirit number four it's impossible To fulfill God's will for our lives without the Holy Spirit's power. You you can't do it. You can't, I, I can't pastor this church without the Holy Spirit's power. I can't even be, I mean, can I be really honest with you? I know this may shock you, but I can't even be a good husband without the Holy Spirit's power. Right, baby? All right, amen, all right. It's the Holy Spirit. Changed in my life. I was having a good conversation with my son yesterday. I said, Son, man, God has really, I just tell him, God has really changed me. I used to have a really bad temper. And he goes, What changed, Dad? I said, You changed, I promise you. How many of your kids keep you humble, right? All right. But I said, God has really changed. His Holy Spirit, Mark, really changed me. It's changed me. And I can tell you, I couldn't do it without the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that's changed me and allowed me. As I knelt at that altar, as I told you last week, that I knelt down and said yes to God. God, whatever you want for my life, whatever that looks like, I said yes. That started the process. I I did the same thing with the Holy Spirit in my life. Jesus received the Holy Spirit. He was water baptized. Then the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove why because he was about to enter into a time of public ministry are you following this jesus water baptized out of obedience to the father the father sends the holy spirit now upon jesus now jesus begins to do his public ministry let's just make it very plain today if jesus part of the triune godhead needed the holy spirit to do public ministry here on earth How much more do you and I need the Holy Spirit to do ministry, to do marriage, to do family, to do job? How much more do you and I need the Holy Spirit? We need it in our life. It's the game changer. It's what separates you. It's the Holy Spirit that can elevate you. To a place of authority in your job. It's the Holy Spirit that can make you wise beyond your years. It's the Holy Spirit that can change a hothead and make him be able to have a good, solid marriage. It's the Holy Spirit that can allow you to forgive people you thought you could never forgive. It's the Holy Spirit that says, Yes, God, I'm going to trust you with my time and my, my talents. It's the Holy Spirit that's empowering that to happen. None of us are good enough on our own, none of us are that strong. It's the Holy Spirit. Let's talk about how do, you, how do you receive the Holy Spirit? What is that? Some of you are like, well, how, do you, how do you receive the Holy Spirit, Pastor? If it's living inside of me, then how do I receive it? Let me give you some tips today. I think it'll help you. Number one, if, you, if you're ready to receive the Holy Spirit, and when I say receive, I mean yield completely. Say, God, I want you, I want the baptism of the Holy Spirit where it's fully submersed in my life, not just deposited in me, but I want it to overflow in my life. How do I do that? Number one, get rid of all bitterness and unforgiveness. You're praying, God, come in. Come in, God, come in. Holy Spirit, take control of my life. But when I'm hanging on to unforgiveness and bitterness in my life, let me, let me ask you this. How many know at salvation, God forgives us by his powerful grace, right? How many know I did a lot of stupid things? Anybody want to agree with me and say, don't the name. But how many just did a lot of stupid things in your life, right? You needed God's forgiveness. Anybody here need God's bid, forgiveness big in your life? Raise your hand if that was you. Yeah, the rest of you need to raise your hand for lying in the house of the Lord right now. Heathens. Ain't none of you. I I know you right now. I know you. Don't, Don't even act that way. So me and you, God's forgiven us big in our life. He says, you deserve to be guilty. But because of what my son did on the cross, I have forgiven you. I have said not guilty now. Wow, that's big. It's God's grace in my life. So how now, when God's forgiven me of so much, how can I now unforgive you? How can I not forgive you when you've done wrong to me? Now, unforgiveness doesn't mean I say that person doesn't, did, did right or it wasn't their fault or I'm making room for them to come back in my life and to hurt me. That's not what I'm talking about. But it simply says, God, I'm, because you forgave me, I'm going to release that person. I'm going to release the bitterness. I'm going to release the unforgiveness. And I just place him into your hands. I'm not going to be tied up. I'm not going to be a prisoner to unforgiveness any longer. I'm stepping out of that cage of unforgiveness. And now I'm saying, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, you have my life. Full control. See, here's freedom. Here, I'm mad. I'm hurt. I'm bitter. I don't love. I hurt other people. Here, I'm free, and the Holy Spirit can use me in a powerful way. So could it be that unforgiveness and bitterness is stopping the flow of the Holy Spirit in your life to the fullest that God wants it to be? How about be, uh, we've got to have humility. It's something that God wants us to do. Humility is where we acknowledge you need him and want him to lead and guide your life. Just as I I told you last week I kneeled down to God and said, yes, I, I had to do the same thing to the Holy Spirit in my life. Holy Spirit, I, I want you to take control of my life. Holy Spirit, I want you to lead my life. There's something about an act of humbling yourself before God. All of us, we, we got to humble ourselves before God. And could it be that our pride is keeping us? I, I, I can do this without God's power. Oh, I, I'm a pretty good person. I, I can do this on my own. I don't make that many mistakes. I, I'm an independent person. All, all those thoughts and actions, even though we don't say them, we know they're there. So it, it, takes, it takes time. Will you humble and say, no, 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 no. Without God, I can't do it. Without God, I couldn't. I can't do it. Listen, it's taken me 50 years to get to a place to say, I'm not that good. Honey, she knows, that's say true. I, I have a hard time admitting I'm wrong. Any guys wanna, want to agree with me? How many guys have a hard time, even women say, I have a hard time I made I'm wrong, yeah? None of us, none of us want to admit, God, I need God, I need God. And so, it's just simply saying, God, I admit it. I'm limited, but you're unlimited. God, I can only do so much. God, you can do so much more. And I humble myself, and it opens the door for the Holy Spirit to take control of my life see i put faith in god's grace you know in the heart of every believer i think one of the hardest concepts for every believer to accept is the the word grace because none of us we hear it and we believe it but then we have a hard time accepting it you know has god really forgiven me of all my sins does god really love me that much and We'll try to earn God's love. Well, I, just in case, I better be a good person. Just in case, I better start doing good things. And just to make sure God really, really does forgive me and love me. It, it, it takes a while sometimes for us to really, by faith, put it out there by, in concept and believe, believe that grace is for my life. And it sets you free. When you, when you finally believe by faith, God's grace forgives me of all my sins. Wow, it sets me free. By faith, I realize that, wow, there's nothing I can earn. It's God's love freely given to me. It's grace. And it takes faith to believe that. I don't feel good enough, do I? On my own, I don't. That's why it's grace. Because I'm not good enough. By faith, I receive God's grace. And the Bible says, by faith, you receive the Holy Spirit. Same thing can happen in our life. Boy, Pastor Gene, you're talking a bit, man. I'm just, I'll just tell you right now, I'm not a good enough person for the Holy Spirit to baptize me. I'm not a good enough person for the Holy Spirit to be in charge of my life. I've done way too many bad things. I'm still struggling week to week. Of course you are, because you're walking in your own power. And you're going to struggle until you put faith in the Holy Spirit to help you overcome some of the areas in your life you're weak in. But just as I accepted grace by faith, I've got to believe that the Holy Spirit is in me, For me, and God wants it to baptize me in my life. I got to believe it's a good thing that God wants. And by faith, I got to receive it. By faith, I got to believe it. And by faith, I believe that God really wants me to have His Holy Spirit. You got to believe it. You got to want it. You got to have it in your heart. Indeed, I want you to ask Jesus to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. If you want to receive it, just simply ask. Sometimes we don't have because we just don't ask, right? Sometimes we don't have because we don't ask. Ask Jesus. It's important. So why would you say this? Ask Jesus to baptize you in the Holy Spirit and receive the Spirit into your life by faith. Well, look what John 1, 32 through 34 says. This is a pretty cool scripture. I hope you get it. And John bore witness saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he remained on him. Talking about Jesus. He goes, I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Do you get this? And have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. So he's saying Jesus is the one who baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. Now, you wanna hear something really, really cool? That when you first thought about giving your life to Jesus and you start feeling convicted, like, I realize I'm lost without Jesus. I realize my, my sin has dominated my life and it's time for me to surrender my heart. It's time for me to surrender my life to Jesus. You start feeling that tug in your heart, you realize what's happening? It's the Holy Spirit convicting, convincing you, pulling at your heart and then when you surrender the Holy Spirit baptizes you into Jesus and the cool thing is this and then after Jesus is living in my heart it says then the Jesus will baptize me right back into the Holy Spirit wow what an awesome thing so that's why I say Jesus baptize me in your Holy Spirit Jesus said this he says it's good that I go away I must go away. Why? So that he who came, talking about the Holy Spirit, he can remain. This is a really cool process because, remember, the Holy Spirit was with Adam and Eve in the garden. He was hovering there already. And God designed for Adam and Eve to walk in the Holy Spirit. Daily, communing. But when they sinned and separated themselves from God, now we see God withdraw his spirit from them he made them depart from the garden. And then we only see the Holy Spirit showing up at special times. Sometimes hundreds of years before the Holy Spirit would show back up. And he would set on one person then leave. He would, he would move through a prophet. He would move through Samson. He would move through Elijah. He, he would move through different ones. And the Holy Spirit would sit on them and leave. Set on them and leave. So we only had small pockets of the Holy Spirit coming, showing out, and then leaving. And now Jesus says he's coming now and because of what's going to happen on the cross the holy spirit is now able to stay and remain that means the holy spirit is here for us every day in our life to walk with us why wouldn't we want it why would i ignore a third of the godhead why would i not submit i submit to god the father and i give my life to jesus the son then why not experience the fullness of God, the fullness everything the Father has for me by walking in the Spirit, the Son, and the Father? All three are equally important and have a special role in our life. It's important. And the last thing I'm going to give you here is this e, be sensitive to the presence of the Holy Spirit and to his promptings to, to speak in tongues. Some of you are like, what, 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 what what'd you, what'd you say? Did he say speaking in tongues? Yes, I said speaking in tongues. You listen online, I said speaking in tongues. Why would you say that, Pastor? Because it's in the Bible. And I'm not going to skip over it just because I'm afraid that you may not like it. Or I'm afraid that somebody else may be scared. Listen, let me make it very clear to you, okay? The Bible says that he has got lots of spiritual gifts for us. One of those spiritual gifts is the gift of speaking in a holy language. You hear the word tongues. That's what it is. It's a holy language. It's a gift he gives to every believer. Let me ask you, does God give out bad gifts? Show me one bad gift God's ever given. No, he doesn't. It's impossible. God does not know how to give bad gifts to his children. He will not give bad gifts to his children. Matter of fact, it's just the opposite. Every gift that comes from the Father is good. It's pleasant. It's for us and so I don't know what you've heard in your life but all I'm gonna tell you is this is that if it comes from God it's a gift of God number one you don't have to fear it and number two you should desire it why because there's there's some merit to it. there's something there that's gonna help my walk now we see on the day of Pentecost when the Spirit came and remained with those that were there It says that they begin to speak in the spirit of speaking in tongues. That was evidence. But it's not the only thing. It's not the only thing. You don't have to speak in tongues to be full of the spirit. But it is a sign that will follow those who want it. And it is for every believer who wants it. So I'm just telling you. Number one, my hope is today, if you've been, I know we have people from different backgrounds. Destiny Church is a melting pot. People from all kinds of different religious backgrounds. Some have never been in church. Some have been raised in Orthodox. Different organizations. Listen, I know that, okay? So what I want to do, first of all, my first goal is, is I don't want you to fear something from God. So if you've got pre-bias and when you hear that word, you're like, ooh, I'm going to stay away from that. No, let that, let that go, okay? You don't have to be fearful of anything in the word, that's a gift for my life. Yes. Open it up. What what is that, Pastor? What is speaking in tongues? Look what First well, Corinthians makes it very clear in 1 Corinthians fourteen two. For anyone who speaks in a tongue, talking about the tongues of the Holy Spirit, does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them; they utter mysteries by the Spirit. And so, what? Let's go back to our timeline. Remember, we have a timeline. Every one of us, our life, our past our present and our future. I know my past, I know my present, but I don't know my future, do you? No, none of us saw, none of us know our future. We may know, have some plans for the immediate future, but we don't know what the future holds. None of us saw what's happened the last couple of years coming our way no one predicted shutdowns no one predicted covid no one predicted deaths no one predicted all the things that have been going on none of us saw that coming but god did god knew it so what happens is this that if i just work in my limited knowledge and pray in my limited knowledge i can only pray about what i know about but when i begin to allow the spirit to pray through me the Spirit's praying for things over here that I don't even know it's happening, and God's already preparing in the spirit realm your walk out here, the things in your futures you're going to face when you yield to the Holy Spirit. You're just praying between you and God. God's doing things in the spirit realm that you don't even know. It's a mystery, and it builds your faith because you know the Spirit's praying for you. you say, Pastor, what's that look like? Tongues is a different language. Well, I will tell you that the bible says it's a gift of an unknown tongue and i, I have heard people who said that they spoke in tongues in a foreign language and someone was there who knew that language and said you were speaking right to me you had no idea that's happened before but for the most part most of the time it's a language that's just between you and god and the bible says sometimes it just sounds like a, a kind of a groaning it starts off as kind of like a groaning have you ever been praying somewhere and you don't you just prayed out and you're facing one of the biggest problems of your life and you don't know how to pray Maybe you're praying for one of your kids. Maybe you're praying for your life and you don't know how to pray. And you do, all you can do is just like, oh, 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 God, God. Out of your heart, you cry, no one's around. You get that big old belly cry going on, groaning. That's, the Bible says those groanings are coming from the spirit. And what's happening, it's the beginning. And as you give to that, and you feel it, you, you may feel a syllable coming and you may, it may happen, so listen, it's all right. I'm not, right, listen, you know me. You know this you know me if I'm bringing it to you it's the truth of the word it's not my opinion I'm not gonna force anything on you I'm not here to to make you do it I'm just trying to bring the truth of God's word that you can be free and walk into power the fullness of God's power in your life and I'm telling you it's real I can tell you I personally have experienced it and it's real I've seen it firsthand it is real and so well, what's was kind of, it this seem so weird, Pastor? It seems so weird saying this language. Well, l- let me ask you this Are your babies born speaking fluent English? No! Your baby's not born, taken home from the hospital, and you're like, oh, uh, mom, <clears throat> can I go ahead and get this diaper changed right here? I know you went to the generic brand, but I really like Loveys. They're a lot better on me. It doesn't give me that rash, you know. And sure you use Johnson and Johnson baby oil. That's, I don't like that off brand. You've been abusing me. It chaps my hide. So, Mama, can you go ahead? And Can you warm this milk back up? It's a little bit too cold. It's been sitting here for a while. Go ahead and put it back in the microwave for another 20 seconds before you give it to me. Now, what do they do? Ah! That's all they do. What they do. Ah! Six months. Ah! Seven months. Nine months. And all of a sudden they go, Mama. It's is it Mama? It's it Mama? da, 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 a genius! Everybody else like, oh, he just he just just said a just syllable, just said a syllable. And the parents getting all crazy. He just said a syllable. We we don't treat anybody, we don't treat our own kids that way. So why do we treat ourselves that way when we're like, I don't, I'm worried about speaking in tongues because I don't know if it's going to sound right. Listen, don't overthink it. Okay, I'm just telling you this. It's of God. It's for every believer. If it hits you, just let it go. Let me tell you, when Preston was a small child, our oldest son, he had a hard time speaking clearly because he needed tubes in his ears, and we didn't realize until he was about four or five. So up to that first four or five years, he could barely understand half of what he said. And so he'd be at the kitchen table at his, you know, eating, he'd be like two, two and a half, three years old eating, and he'd be like, And me and his mom would look at each other and be like, What'd he say? And I'm like, I have no idea. I don't know. And his older sister would say, He wants some more macaroni and cheese. (laughs) Preston had the gift of speaking in tongues. Melissa had the gift of interpretation. (laughs) Why? Because the two were siblings and they had formed such a strong bond that she knew the intent of his spirit, even if I couldn't understand it. And you see, when you get such a strong bond with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will begin to pray for you and interpret it to the Father, even when you don't know what it means. I'm just telling you, we, we live it out every day, but we call the spiritual weird, but it's all right in our everyday life. Though We're, we're facing these things, we grew the same scenarios all along. I'm going to tell you my own personal story, then we're going to close. I I was about 12, 13 years old. I was raised in a church that they believed in. If you didn't come to the altar, they were going to come and get you and drag you to the altar. Anybody had one of those churches you grew up in? Okay. I remember one night, they got drugged down to the altar, and I had about two or three people started praying for me, and that two or three multiplied to about 15 people. And they had their hands on me, and they were praying and screaming out, Fill them with the Holy Spirit, God. Fill them with the Holy Spirit. Give them the gift of speaking in tongues. And they were screaming. They were had their hands. And I'm can I be honest? They were freaking me out. Mom, you're watching this. I know. Why did you let them freak me out like that? They were freaking me out. So you know what I did? In my mind, I was like, I'm gonna name every Motorcycle name I can say <laughs> It hopes to let me out of here. Hyundai, Suzuki, Honda, all that. You know, you gotta, go, gotta, and I got it. They got it! I took off. I was like, I will never do that again. And I made sure that I never got in that place again. Fast forward to in Bible College. And I told you about me kneeling down last week and surrendering my life to the Lordship of Jesus saying, God, whatever you want. In that, I began to read and study about the Holy Spirit. I'm like, this is not what I was taught growing up. When I was growing up, it was like it's a big emotional thing. You either caught it or you didn't have it. And if you didn't have it, if you didn't catch it, then you didn't have it. And so you had people who thought they were super spiritual, who had no foundation. I'm talking about a maturity, but yet because they had this emotional high, they thought they were super spiritual acting the fool the rest of the week. And I was like, this doesn't make sense to me. But as I'm going to study, I'm like, God, this is, your plan all along was for your spirit to dwell and to multiply and the baptism of the Holy Spirit is real. So I remember kneeling down in my dorm room by myself. I had some worship music praying. I was just praying to the Lord, I said, God, I said, if, if this is real, and I believe it is, God, if your Holy Spirit's real, I, I want it. That's all I said I wanted. I began to pray, and as I was worshiping my room, I felt something bubbling up on the inside. I was like, whoa, 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 what is that? And I was speaking a phrase, and I was like, whoa, whoa, that's, that's, that's the Holy Spirit. It, no one was laying hands on me. No one was there screaming at me. It wasn't this big emotional high. I just simply received it by faith in my dorm room. And what I'm here to tell you is this, that you can receive that gift. It's for you. It's for every believer. You can have the gift of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Do you have to speak in tongues to have the baptism? You don't have to, but it sure is there for your benefit. I'm telling you, it's there for every believer. You can, you can use it. But I don't want you to feel like, you know, sometimes we feel like people feel like, well, I, didn't, I don't have it because I just speak in tongues and so the Holy Spirit's not in my life. No, that's not true. That's just the enemy messing with your head. Sometimes it just takes a while some people get it right away. and Other people I've seen, it take, takes a while. Sometimes it a little hitchy rope. I had people come to me in church and be like, I was singing and all of a sudden this language came out of me. Is, that, is it, what was going on, Pastor? I'm like, that's just, that's just a gift of tongues. It's all right. It's from the Holy Spirit. Like, oh, okay. I thought I was losing my mind. I didn't know what it was. And people think that. You know what? If I, if I get baptized in the Holy Spirit, then I'm going to lose control. I'm gonna lose control. The Holy Spirit's gonna put me in a trance, and I'm gonna walk into Walmart, and I'm gonna be in this Holy Spirit trance, and I'm gonna grab the microphone and be like, oh, speaking in <laughs> tongues in the microphone. And... Listen, the Holy Spirit is subject to the prophet. The Holy Spirit will lead you, and you need to give up control to the Holy Spirit in your life. But it's not gonna overtake you and make you do something stupid. That's not the way it works. If you see people, that, if you see people who work that way, they're just crazy. Let me just tell you, they're just crazy. God works in a way that will allow you to operate to his benefit. It's for his glory, for his witness, for you to step out of your comfort zone sometimes in places. Sometimes it means you're just intently praying in the spirit because there's something you need answered and you don't know how to have it answered. Sometimes it's just simple fact that God's building my faith because I know his spirit's with me. Sometimes it's just the Holy Spirit overflowing in my life. But you should desire. So today... My heart's desire is this, is that you will receive power of the Holy Spirit in your life, fresh and anew. Today, my desire is that you, if you've been here and you've been afraid of that, you say, Pastor, I love everything about destiny, but I just don't know about what you just preached. I'm here to tell you, what I preach is straight out of the scripture. I tried to leave as much of my opinion out of it and just share what the scripture says about how they received the baptism of water and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it says right there as you read in Hebrews 6.1, this is the elementary foundation that we should, every believer, have. We should understand about the baptisms and have an experience of the baptisms in our life. If you don't have it, then you're not going to walk in the fullness of God's power in your life. So today, I wanna ask you, if there's people here, just close your eyes for a second. God, are you speaking to me today? God, are you speaking to me today?